Photoshop gone wrong? Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, Celebration Week Edition, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Tanks Do Not Make Good Pets, by Tony Hunter, published by Little Trooper Books. Today is our 250th episode, and it starts the celebration week leading up to our one-year anniversary episode this Friday. In honor of this Goose's Cooked's anniversary, we'll be giving out a free hat to a lucky fan on Friday. To enter for a chance to win, you just need to leave a review and drop a comment on either Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in Friday for the winner. Throughout this week, we'll be looking back at the year, and I'll be giving my top 5 favorite reviews in different categories. Today's top 5? Top 5 reviews of Squirrel Books. Coming in at number 5 is This is a Taco. Number 4, Scaredy Squirrel. And number 3, Ah, nuts. And for our final two, we're going real far back. At number two, it's a man's love for squirrels taken too far. With frisky, brisky, hippity hop. And that brings us to number one, where we get a lady just treating a squirrel. It's nuts to you. On to the review. In honor of our fallen troops on Memorial Day, we chose the book, Tanks Do Not Make Good Pets. It's a story about a boy who finds a lost tank in the bushes. Yes, in this world, tanks have eyeballs and act like dogs. The boy gets permission from his father to bring the lost tank home and take it in as a pet while they find its owner. Throughout the week, antics ensue. Will this boy and Tank form a special bond? We'll duck and cover, because there could be a stray mortar shell heading our way. We open on photoshopped stock photos of a boy and a dad playing at a park. The way these actual people are set up standing is awkward to say the least. It's like a group of extras pretending to act natural. It looks more forced than trying to get the toothpaste out of a tube that should have been thrown away two weeks ago. In the story, the sun was setting and it was time to go when... What's that? The boy saw something. Where? Over there in the bushes. And the boy peers through the bush and what does he find? It's a massive tank staring right back at him. And the author describes the tank as scared. And this is where I take issue with this book. Why would a tank be scared? He's in the military. Describe him as fearless. Lost, maybe. Actually, even that's not a good look for the military. How about he took heavy fire, limped away with only one track on, and made it behind the bush, and needed some help from a brave boy. Now that would have been good. Not cowering in a bush. That doesn't give you confidence in anyone's military. Anyway, 
the boy asks his dad, Can we keep it? And the dad reluctantly says yes, on the condition that they look for its owner. So they take the cold and frightened tank home with them, and this is when we first figure out that the kid's parents are loaded. The tank fits in their massive garage, and they tuck him away for the night. Then we get a documentation of what happens during the week. Monday, the tank is ripping down telephone poles and crashing cars with no repercussions. Tuesday, he blows a hole right through the side of the house. Then, quote, On Wednesday, dot dot dot, he was thirsty, his fuel tanks quite dry. At the gas station, Mom broke into tears. The price on the pump made her cry. I won't see my allowance for years. End quote. And we can see the total price on the pump is $1,117.91. And the price per gallon is $2.25.9. Somehow, I don't feel all that bad for mom. That's the price to fill up any decent-sized pickup truck now. If anyone should be crying, it's us, with the prices reaching over $5 a gallon. I believe this book was published in 2017. Take me back, please. Remember that cliche line, It's 2020, and everyone would say it negatively like it was so bad? Well, what are those people saying now, in 2022? with everything going to hell in a handbasket. Someone get back to me on that one. Thursday, we see more bad photoshopping of a mailman on the run and his mail truck getting destroyed. This boy is like that too-rich-to-be-punished kid. It's ridiculous. I'm shocked no one's filing a lawsuit. But that being said, why did this author choose to portray this tank in such a bad light? He's destroying everything. I wish he chose to show him coming to this kid's aid. Like in a storm, or standing up to bullies, or helping the kid return a defected non-returnable item. Moving on to Friday, the boy decides to take the tank to school for show and tell. Quote, It really didn't go very well. We were both sent home early from school. End quote. Uh, duh, you think? I'm shocked SWAT wasn't called. What in his right mind made him think rolling up to school in a tank was a good idea? I wonder if he has any more bright ideas. Hey, I brought Tide Pods to school for a snack for everyone. Oh, I brought a backpack full of bricks for swim class. Hi guys, I brought Bette Midler to solve the baby formula shortage. Well, Saturday comes with another incident. The tank gets in a fight with a train. Now that would be something to see. And then Sunday finally comes. A captain in the military knocks on their door. He claims he saw their flyer at the mall. Really? That's how he was able to find the tank? A flyer at the mall? All the destruction and chaos happening didn't lead him right to where the tank was? What the hell was this captain doing at the mall anyway? 
Was he picking up some moisturizer for the troops at Bath and Body Works when he turned and saw the flyer and thought, Oh, no way. We're looking for that tank. Well, on top of that, the captain fesses up to negligence, telling the boy they left the tank alone on the flank and lost him. This captain is not the best and brightest. Or, could this captain be keeping quiet about the tank being a deserter? After all, he was found cowering in the bushes, probably hiding from his platoon he just ditched. Whatever it was, we do know training didn't go as planned. The general goes on to load up the tank on a trailer, and then invites the boy and his family out to watch training. If it might go as poorly as the last one, if I were this family, I don't know if I would risk it. A helicopter might get vertigo and dive bomb into them. The family ends up going, and they get to watch their special tank have fun in the drills. And the story ends with the boy and his family on their way home, and the boy states the title of the book. I have mixed feelings. On one hand, it's so sad. That boy and tank made such a good bond. But on the other hand, the title of the book is just so silly. What's the moral of this book? Tony did serve in New Zealand's military. Is he making a statement about how big of a joke their military is? Or is it an observation that the U.S. military isn't what it used to be? Because in some cases, that's probably true. After all, Rachel Levine is a four-star admiral. Maybe it's commentary on military-style weapons in society. I guess we could take this at face value and say it taught us the days of the week, while letting us look at cool tanks the whole time. Tony's writing, like this entire book, had some flaws. Not all of it added up or portrayed the military as competent. But that being said, he knew his target audience. It was people who love big machines and or the military. And the people in that audience will not be disappointed. As for the pictures, I touched on them earlier. I believe the Photoshop came out awkward, and I think more creativity could have gone into them. Case in point, he just slapped some cartoon eyes on a tank and called it a day. Before I get to the rating, I would like to just thank active and retired military members for their service. Now, on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 2.3. I'll have a taste, push it around to make it look like I ate it, and sneak another bite. This goose is cooked. Celebration week edition. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.